0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Conversations from the ANF Network. In this episode, I speak to Caroline, an adopted adult and adoptive parent. She shares her experience of entering a children's home as a four-year-old with her siblings. Caroline articulates the complexity of her experience of being adopted and growing up as a child away from her siblings. Now as an adoptive parent, she also shares her views on contemporary adoption services. As always, if you've experience of adoption, fostering, or special guardianship from any perspective, personal or professional, and would like to share that on the podcast, please do get in touch through the Facebook page, the app, formerly known as Twitter, or you can email us at anfpodcast.gmail.com. I'm Caroline,
1: and I am adopted. And um, I was adopted when I was four. That's not actually true. I was adopted when I was six. Sorry. <laughs> I um, was taken into care when I was four. And uh, um, it's going to make me feel old. It was quite a long time ago, so things were a bit different. And the process of adoption is a bit different now, the actual journey of it. But um, I, I was taken into care at four, and I went into a children's home. And it was, um, it was called, it was like a nursery, that's what it was called, Um, children's nursery. And that was, it wasn't like a massive place, but my memory of it was it was a great big old building. And um, the people who looked after us were called nurses, had a matron, and um, all the other children apart from myself and my siblings there were three siblings and um, they were all um all had special needs i think through quite a, a big group they found it hard to find somewhere to place us so yeah. we went into this children's home and um and then when i was six i then went into foster care with a view to be adopted by that couple um so I think that's a bit different to a lot of children now. It's to go straight into a sort of family environment um, in foster care. And it, it might be later on in foster care that they end up in a in a children's home. So it's sort of the other way around. Yeah. So
0: I mean, there's a lot there because even saying that a like, children's home for a four-year-old is just sort of so far outside of our sort of contemporary experience, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes, Um, you know, I think, and it was running in a way that they wouldn't be run, I'm sure they're not run now, you know, so say it was this big old building and you went into it and it had these big majestic stairs that went up and then off to the sides and we had a matron who, only matron was allowed to use the, the stairs and so the nurses and all the children... We had to use the servants' stairs. I don't think they called them those. I don't know what they called them. But if, if you got caught on the main stairs, you were in trouble. So, um, and and that was the staff as well. You know, so certainly the way it was run it was very different from um, how they'll be run now. A bit more, fashion, a bit more sort of orphanage style. I and you know I'm I'm. 40, I'm 49, I don't mind putting that out there, I'm 49, so I'm still, okay, I'm getting old, but I'm still relatively young, so I think it's not good to homes and orphanages and things, people think this is years and years ago, but actually, you know, um, yeah,
0: it's... uh, I mean, that's looking at the time frame, that's nearly, that's the late 70s, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's right. And you said you were with your siblings um, and you then you were moved into FOSS to care. Did they come with you? Um what what was the sort of the relationship between you and your siblings?
1: Um we all we all went into care at the same time apart from my youngest um sibling. Um she went to hospital she had an injury. Um so she eventually joined us. And while we were in the children's home, she was in what's called the baby room, um, being younger. So she was she's a year younger than I am. And uh, so she wasn't sort of with us all the time, even though we lived in the same home. Um, and then um, and we slept in dormitories um, together and with other children as well. And then when... When we were separate we were separated. so my older sister went into um, went into foster care first and uh, we we didn't have a clue what was going on mm. um, and she went even though I think at that point we we all had actually been introduced to the foster parents that we would be going to. It's hard to comprehend things when you're a child, isn't it? So yeah. I remember waving goodbye to her, me and my younger sister, very excited, jumping up and down, waving. I mean, these were guests that had come to, you know, she was leaving. It's where you wave goodbye and, and all that. And there's all, all the children around and none of us really understanding what was going on and sh- um, shouting bye to her. And, um, and I can remember my brother who was older, him really cross and saying you don't understand what's happening they're splitting us up this is it now we we won't ever be together again um and that was a really big thing for him um, it was a big thing for all of us but um for him it was he had more understanding being older he was about three years older than me before. um I don't know how much. so it, i think this is one of the things with i find adoption is i'm absolutely hopeless at remembering um facts like how much older my siblings are or younger than me even though i'm in contact with two of them um which i think is perhaps down to 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 the adoption <laughs> you know it's sort of there's some things often feel vague that i wonder whether they would be in a birth family yeah um but i anyway, know for for him um before my sister had gone that time for foster care we actually were all fostered together to another family who were um I just know he was a GP and they took all four of us and in those days it was done very much they you know they'd come and visit you at the home and then they would take you out to a cafe or to a playground it was really gradually built up and then you'd go for a day and then you'd Eventually, you'd go and do, you know, a sleepover and a weekend and whatever. So I have no memory and don't know quite how it all worked out. But what I do know um, is that that just didn't work out. So we went for a weekend. And because um, my brother wanted us to go back to our birth mum, he told us all to be really naughty and um so that they wouldn't want to keep us um I don't actually remember that but I have an older sibling um an older sister and I'm been in recent contact with her and so she was saying oh yeah I said to her, I know that, that we went to another family first and uh, that didn't work out and, and she said oh yeah that's because you know our brother told us to play up (laughs) and we did did. um you know and bless him he thought that would mean that we would go back to um our birth parents so that that didn't work out um so then you know new families were found for us and my sister went first um and then I think myself and my younger sister I don't actually remember I think we probably went about the same time though um and um and then my brother he actually went back to um our birth mum um for a while and then that didn't work out. He went back to the children's home and then he was eventually adopted by a social worker, a family, um up north. So um It feels like a story from a different we're time. All separated, um yeah um not all at exactly the same time as each
0: other it it does feel like it like you say it feels like all of those bits feel like a different time uh, you know like a historic but it's not it's 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 recent history isn't it it's very it's not that far away yeah. um and so did you can you did you get a sense of what adoption meant and you know were you uh, i'm i'm going to use the word happy but was that kind of like you like oh this is a good thing or did or was it when you were a child. What did you make of it?
1: Yeah, um, I know that when we were told so before, before we kind of met um, our parents to be our new parents, we were actually told that these were going to be our new parents. And my mom now, my adoptive mom, she'll now say to me, she, "You know, she said they weren't supposed to actually have told any of you that because." you were fostered first and then it wasn't really till you were adopted that that would be be said, you know, that once it was sort of going along that path, um, I think because at that point you know, if it didn't work out um, you would go back to the children's home, you know, so um, and a new family would be found, so I think they didn't want children to be saying mum and dad, so I, I can remember when for myself, calling them auntie and uncle, I wasn't allowed to say mum and dad, um, and that was from the social workers saying that. But so I did know that that this was my forever mummy and daddy. Um, I was desperate for mummy and daddy, actually, and I was school age. I'd started school, and you know we would walk to the to the school in a train of children from the children's home. And and I can remember being picked up and the teachers saying things to the nurse about reading with me, you know, and obviously that was difficult for them because, you know, if you've got lots of children to look after, a lot Mm. of special needs and with physical um, difficulties as well, they didn't really have time to sit and listen to all the children who were trying to learn to read. So apparently when, um, I was told I was going to get, um, a new mummy and daddy, my response was, uh, oh, great. I can learn to read. So that's what it meant to me was uh, that was something mummy and daddies did and I was aware I was not getting, um, Yeah. so to me it was, ex- that was exciting, you know, that I was going to get, um. So I don't, I don't remember whether the word adoption was used or when that was first introduced. It was certainly used within the adoptive family, my adoptive family, Um, but the system was different then. So you were were there under your original surname, and that was different, you know. So um, I was aware you know when the adoption happened my name changed um so so for me there was, the positive was getting a, a mummy and daddy um uh, because I was there from when I was four in the children's home till just just before my 7th birthday i arrived <coughs> to live <clears throat> so obviously yeah. it was i can't remember how long the introduction time of it was it was at least six months possibly even a year but I could be remembering that wrong um I mean but a, it was a little time a lot longer than they they do these days you know um yeah getting to know each other
0: mm. so I mean it's really thought-provoking and it's really emotive you know it's it's it feels like a different world and you then sort of you were then in a you know with your adoptive parents and life moved on but you know, was there a, a con, an ongoing connection with your brother and other sibling? Um, what what <laughs> yeah. what does the adolescent you know, like the Caroline look like?
1: Yeah, well, well, I had contact with my younger sister because she, we lived in a village. She was in another village around the same town as us, the other side of that town. But you know, sort of within distance of seeing each other. But we only saw each other maybe once a year. Um, my my mum says that, you know, that I didn't actually want to do it more. Um, I think the reality is, you know, I think for any children, if you don't see another child very often, it's really hard to stay connected to them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had this with my own daughter um recently said that about cousin you know she said oh, i really like spending time with her but we only see each other so rarely that we feel like we spend the, all, most of the time just like reconnecting with each other and it's only towards the end that you kind of settle into being with each other, and then it's bye for a few months you know so um i think that's true for, for all children i don't think it was just to do with being siblings but i think um and and one of the things I found growing up is I always found anything that was slightly uncomfortable, really scary, you know, so I'd avoid it. Um, and my sister was much more vocal about the fact we're sisters, we should be together. So at the end, she would hide under the table and refuse to come out when it was home time and so show quite a strong emotion around that um which bewildered me um but i think that was to do with not feeling it shocked me that it impacted her so that i impacted her that she actually wanted to be with me mm. <clears throat> um, it always just bewildered me um but i think that for me is there's been a bit of a theme and I think that's linked with with adoption really of knowing that you impact other people and matter um is something that I think would be quite hard to grasp when you've, you know, um, left your birth family and lived with another family. So, um but I, having said that, you know, I did actually really want to stay in contact with her, but I just struggled with the gaps that they were. And now as an adult, I'm like, well, why, when my mum suggested seeing her, did I not just jump at the chance so that we could see each other more and then that wouldn't be the problem? But I think quite often if there's a problem, it's very easy just to shy away from it. And even though people are making very sensible suggestions, you can feel frightened and therefore not want to to, to do it. And I think fear and, and scare and anxiety is quite a common um big thing
0: for people who've been through adoption yeah I mean it's I think it's complicated uh, sort of, a, as a carer or, or an adult trying to make sense of what children want because they may want things but still be nervous about it and that nervousness may mean they say no um yeah. even though they want it and and but yeah. also wanting to be a good parent not making children do things they don't want it's, yeah. it, it's a minefield isn't it
1: yeah yeah I know that I know what I was like and I'll have just said no no, 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 to everything, because I was scared. And I think that's that's the thing, isn't it, for, for any parent, any adoptive parent, around sibling contact, it, it, it can be hard to know how much to push and how much to, you know, but yeah. you know, I did, have, I did have some contact with her. My older sister, I didn't have contact with. I met up with her once, so a social worker brought her to visit us once. In my teens and then we didn't have contact again until older teens um sort of 18 19 perhaps started writing to each other, them we had phone calls on and off for a few years we met up once i think maybe twice definitely met up once and then we didn't have contact for for years i got married and moved she moved out, I think, around the same time from where she was living. And if you have nobody else in common with each other, there is no, no way of having yeah. contact. Whereas with my younger sister, um, we lost contact probably around the time I was nineteen. Um, you know, I went away to college and things. So we just, we just didn't have contact with each other. And then, in adulthood, I had her adoptive parents address and phone number from my my mum, you know, and so I was able to make contact with them. And they said, um they they were like, gosh, wow, we're moving tomorrow. You know, so wow. Yeah. They were like, I can't believe you made contact. So yeah, so we were able to and it was their landline, you yeah. know, you know, at that point. So um yeah, so we have been in contact and um, on and off, less so than with my older sibling at the moment. Um, just, that's just the way it is. Um, yeah. So I suppose I'm just mindful that that's perhaps a little bit more her story, so I won't say more than just, the, yeah. We're sort of, no, absolutely, we know, yeah. We know where each other is and, you know, sort of, i yeah. I found that it just is this in and out thing that happens with each other, um, with
0: all the siblings. Being, Can being I ask on, um, as well them. then, sort of connection to your birth family, um, you, you sort of you mentioned that your brother had sort of gone back for a while and not gone back for a while. Where was that in your thinking as a child? Were they, ha, ha, did you feel connected to them? Because obviously you were very little, but still you must have, well, I presume you had memories
1: of being at home. I the knowing that he went back, I didn't know until I met up with him when he was a teenager. I don't think I knew before that. So in my teens, his family came down. They were in Scotland. They came down. And he did this visit of meeting up with both the sisters. Um, and I met my sister twice in that visit. Again, I know we were, I was asked... Do you want to all meet together? And I don't know what the others said, but I said no. Again, just, it was fear. I don't know what was frightened of, but just for me, anything. The kid was just, often it was no, because it just was an unknown. But no, no. Um, And I was, yeah, I was a teenager, so. Um, So we did meet, I did meet up with him. He had a very strong Scottish accent, which I found really difficult because find it really hard to understand what he was saying. Um, and, um, yeah, that made it feel perhaps a bit more awkward. I feel like i kept saying, pardon, pardon. But at that point, I found out that, that he had gone back um, to to our birth mum, and um, she'd got a new partner. I and mean, the way he tells it is, well, he, the way he told it was that she, that she had to make a choice between him that the new partner made her choose between the two. Um, And so he ended up going back to the children's home. So in his eyes, she chose the new partner. I don't know the story around that, but that was his experience of it. that's how he took the experience. Um, And in terms of our birth mum, I didn't have any contact with her at all. I know that um, not long after I'd gone to live with mum and dad, my um, brother had snuck into the matron's office and got our new address. We'd obviously been caught because um, the adults knew about it. And my mum says that first Christmas that I was um, there, she was so worried that my birth mum might just turn up on the doorstep. She didn't, but that was her fear of her address being you know, being known. Um but no, there was there wasn't any contact with birth family and um or, or in my teens. It was only when I was in contact with my older sister. So everyone, the three three of us were adopted apart from my older sister. So she was the second oldest. And um she went to this family with a view to be adopted and then um, they'd already gotten an already adopted child and um, he didn't want her to be adopted. And again, these are just, you know, I don't know all the facts, um, yeah. but, honestly, so, um, but it didn't work out and I know she ended up moving um, and then and then she had contact with our birth, birth mum and actually then as a young adult, moved back in with her and our youngest sibling, who I've never met, um, but that our birth mother had and kept. Um, So for that, um, while while she was with our birth mum, my birth mum did write me a letter. I never replied to it. And it was because it was too much too soon. There was a letter full of explanation and how sorry she was and how how it wasn't her fault and a lot of that and um, and it was it was just too much too soon for me. I needed a letter which was a bit more sort of you know I live here and you know this is what I do yeah but a bit more in in the in the here and now perhaps rather than going straight into something. I just was not in a place to even begin to process you know i need, so for me i needed to have made a connection first reconnected so I, I i never replied to it and i've never had any any contact um and i know my old sister even after she left continued to have some contact with the family but my understanding is that isn't the case anymore so i know i know who they are i know um I know a lot about them. I look on Facebook and it's all on there. I know about my sister. Ever so often I will go on and I will look um, because I'm interested, but I'm not interested enough to risk at the moment um, making contact, because I don't really know what. To make make contact, I feel like there's going to be something I'm wanting, whether it's connection, relationship, information, all of that, and um, I don't know um, if I want to open what could be a can of worms, you know. And, and we, um, when we were, um, when we went into foster care, the reason we went into foster care was because um, there was, ourselves there was four children plus my first mum's sister, so my auntie's, her two children. And there were six of us, um, and we were either feral, out and about. remember we used to go down this little snicket across the road, down a little snicket into a playground, and we'd just be there on our own playing. And this is like a, you know, three. My younger sister was two, you know. Um, we would all go and play there. And I, I can remember accidents happening, falling off a swing and hitting my face, climbing up a slide. And another child coming down and it hit my face, you know the foot hitting my face and um you know, it was our brother, who was the oldest in charge of us, but who was only like a little bit older than us um three so either out and about feral or um we were in and we were locked in a room um so that that was because our birth mom was going out to work. She'd go and work on a, on a night or a day, you know, and she was trying to earn money. And I probably understands that, and she had all these children. Um, but um, I can remember our brother, um, he used to climb out the window, out the front and down pipes um, to go to get food for us. And um. so we, we were found, as it were, because he did that a couple of times and I can remember there being groups of ladies outside, you know, giving it this, <laughs> you know, obviously, I mean, obviously now as an adult, they were just very worried, you know, kind of like these, what's yeah. happening with these people and, you know, um, and um, so, you know, at the point we were found, we were locked in a room and, uh, you know, we had no carpets down, we are toileting on the floor, no food or drink, Six of us under the age of six. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know I had big chunks of hair missing because what do little children do? They fight over everything and they need adults there to be saying, don't hit, don't do that, you know. Gentle hands, all the things that are very normal for children, but if there's no adult there to, yeah. you know. And obviously, you know, um, my sister was younger. Um, I don't know how old the other two cousins were but I know we were all under six um so I think there's that that side you know that it. I think sometimes children end up going into the system where parents themselves have had a hard time and they're not making wise decisions and um yeah, and 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 yeah. I can understand people wanting the contact, and then I think that there are perhaps children who where there's been very severe neglect or abuse, um, you know. And we witnessed a lot of domestic violence and things. So I think for for me, the contact feels a lot perhaps a lot scarier. Although you know, life I I can see you know that you know she's older now she's. More mature, she's got a family. You know, it all looks perfectly normal on Facebook, and possibly is because I know myself now. You know, I'm in my forties, and I'm very different from when I was in my twenties. You know, so yeah. um, and that she was a young mom and um, had her own history as well. So, um, yeah, but it does feel like a lot of chaos and 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 neglect. You know, like I said earlier, my sister went into. Hospital because she'd had a broken arm and she had a cast on. And when they found us, she still had a cast on, so that they never took her back to get cast removed um, because the hospital was suspicious. Um, so, um, rightly so, they were suspicious. <laughs> I'd say that. Um, so I think sometimes like the contact with birth family, it's a really tricky one, isn't it? Because mm. I think. Um, for some people it's really important and I don't know if my decisions would be different if social media didn't exist because my curiosity may be bigger and I think some of my curiosity gets satisfied by being able to snoop is what I'm doing really you know how <laughs> I look yeah um, yeah yeah but there's wider birth family, so I have some contact with an uncle on my birth father's side so, um through facebook um as my older sister so we just have occasional contact occasionally we'll ask a question um and uh that's still in its i want to say early days we've been in contact for a couple of years now but it still feels early days to me you know so hmm. um, yeah
0: um i mean it- you, you articulate this so well and you've given a real sense of this little person and their mm. story. And also the, you as an adult, um, I find it uh, interesting then that you, that you then yourself went on to be an adoptive parent as well. So, yeah, but do you want to kind of
1: yeah, it did make sense um, that story? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I'll just say, like, when when I was adopted, I, I can remember my mum saying, you don't have to tell people, it's up to you, it's your story. Nobody has to know you're adopted, um, but it's fine if you want to. And I was like, why on earth would I need to, like, I couldn't understand why I wouldn't, you know. I was like, mm. as far as I was concerned, it was nothing to be embarrassed about. It was fine. I was always very open about it. Um when I got married, my husband and I talked about, you know, in the early days, talked about having children and about whether we would adopt. So it was always something that I thought I might do. um And I um had a birth child, and then we decided that if we were going to add to the brood, we would do it through through adoption. um Now, having my birth daughter wasn't an easy journey either. I'll say, you know, we. Had a couple of ectopic pregnancies, had miscarriage. There were lots of gaps between (laughs) the first ectopic and 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 the miscarriage, and and then we fairly quickly had another ectopic, and then fairly quickly had my birth daughter. But but there was about four years between that first pregnancy and the second, so that did play a factor as well. You know, um, and I I thought I was getting I was getting older as well, which also played a factor. Knew I wanted. Really wanted four children. I don't know how much that ties in with the fact that I was a sibling group before, you know, possibly. Yeah. Um, but I did always want four children, and um, so we decided, you know, that we we would adopt. And I had a good experience on the whole of being adopted. You know, I have a really wonderful relationship with my adoptive mum. I had a fantastic relationship with my dad. He died, though, when I was 14, 15. He had a heart attack. So, um, but my experience was a positive one. So the thing that I found difficult at that stage growing up I found it incredibly painful. You know, for all I've said about seeing the, the siblings um, and not seeing them, I've, I found it was the thing that I found the hardest, particularly being separated from my brother. So I think for him, he was like my primary attachment figure because obviously he was there through all of my life, including in the children's home. So for me, that's the person I actually found it really painful being separated from. Um, so when we were looking at adopting, I really want, you know, I wanted to have four children, so we were looking at possibly a sibling group of three and what was a really important factor, like I said, that what I did not want to be involved in a split up of children I didn't, you know, that it was really important that they, you know, that if we could that we we took two or three so that we were helping keep siblings together Um, and um, yeah, so that was all sort of part of our decision-making and how many we would have and uh, and, and wanting to adopt. But my experience was positive, and I, I suppose for myself, I can understand why we were put into care.
0: Yeah.
1: And also that I know we were put into care because of the way we were being treated, but I've never had a feeling of I was put into care because I wasn't wanted. I know some for some adoptees that's very much a rejection feeling of I wasn't wanted. As I can see, I think that awful decisions were sometimes made and, um, and, and awful behavior happened. Um, and there'll be reasons for that. <laughs> yeah. My excuse but reasons for that. So I think, um, yeah, for me, I sort of see adoption as it can be a wonderful thing, but not a fairy tale either. <laughs> I think my I think my adoptive mother would say that even now with me as an adult, you know that 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 it continues to have its. I don't know how to put it, <laughs> um, you know, to have. That I probably continue to have moments of difficulty that are to do with being adopted, that that trauma has rippled and still ripples now. Um, and, and so she feels the effect of that in different ways. I think just in seeing how I manage to cope with things or not cope with things sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but for all that, you know, for me, um, I think adoption can be, for some children, the right option you know yeah. say so for us, we want you know we like um you know there are children in care we could have them join our family and be part of our family and that's what we wanted to do so that's that's why we did it <laughs> you know it's it
0: positive yeah and, and obviously like, your children's stories are their stories and so i'm not you know we don't want to touch upon that particularly but um what what sense does do they make of you being adopted? How does that kind of dovetail? I presume they know. Um, one should never yes. presume. Um, and what really, does that mean for them?
1: I think it's helpful. I think being able to, um, with all, all all of them, be able to say um, what what it was like for me. What what things are different? Even things around contact with other siblings. There's been younger siblings born since they were adopted um there is actually one older half sibling as well um so there there is um you know so like with my old sister we were in, let's say we've been in contact get really getting back in contact after probably possibly be 20 years or whatever it's been um because my children have been part of that so um I went and visited her first time about a year ago um, and it's the first time we've seen each other since I think I was maybe nineteen 20 when I last saw her saw her last year for the first time they were part of that and came came uh, with me and that was interesting as well for my eldest daughter, who's my birth daughter, because I think it's one of the things that's not talked about very often in adoption. So sometimes you know, we can look at things about the adoptee, but actually it, the ripple effect continues into later generations. So things like not knowing my medical history yeah. um, and things impact my daughter, you know, so I'd find sometimes like I'd be asked, is there any history of this in the family? her and i don't know i can only say, i can tell like my history and her dad's history but i don't know beyond me you know like grandparents and um, aunties and uncles i don't know that history so that actually for for children of adoptees adoption affects them they and all the history that you don't have just that general family knowledge isn't it of, our granddaddy worked in the mines or, you know, it, there's none of that. Yeah. No, so, um, and that that holds, tr- holds true for her. You know, my adoptive mum is not my blood relative and neither is she my eldest daughter's, well, any of my children's blood relative. You know, so I, I think that's a side that often doesn't, Get that generation and beyond don't really get mentioned very often but to yeah. them that's important you
0: know that impact and i think my observation and obviously i'm not adopted but my observation is that that stuff becomes it's obvious like an onion being peeled back as as, as yeah. someone who's been adopted gets older that different things take on a different significance or become more significant or new things emerge as people move right the way through the life course. Mm.
1: Uh, Mm. I know, I know for, for, for my eldest, for her actually seeing her cousins, you know, and actually being able to see similarity and how they look was, was a big, was a big thing. Um, You know, and, I think. I think in terms of for myself and how it, things have changed as I'm older. Is I don't have some of the same views that I had when I was younger and experiencing things. So, so when I was younger, I really felt strongly that siblings should always be kept together. And I know it's a bit of a hot topic in 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 the adoption field but it was always like you know they should always be kept together it was really painful physically it was painful yeah. um you know and I think I used to find it really difficult when I went around to friend's house if they had an older brother or they had siblings but for me particularly an older brother I would come back and sob you know it was it was just but I, th- I I actually think now looking back, although I think I did talk about it up to a point, I think perhaps there was less understanding about these things that then and, you know, I think I probably could have done with some work done with me around mm. that separation and the grief, which is what it was, um, and, and then being able to perhaps maintain relationships and I think I really needed some support that was almost just given to me rather you know perhaps from social workers rather than um my parents you know that um and not something that I was really given a choice about almost as like the social worker would come and do this with me <laughs> because if I was given a choice I'd say no to everything even as I said earlier you know I'd have just said no but I think if a social worker would just come and chatted to me about things and giving me space to talk and these things just would have Come out, you know. Or therapist, I don't know, but I think um, that that was difficult. And I think when I, even when I went into adopting, I was still siblings should always be kept together. Um, yeah, adamant about it. And then, far so as sort of seeing the interactions between my children and about other children, learning more as well about you know sibling trauma bonds and that impact on children and I think one of the things that I came to realize is that when I was growing up so when I was even into my teens I would have you know like children have imaginary friends yeah um I'd have imaginary brothers um and so I'd be you know playing out games around that and um talking and you know one of the big things for me Sandy, is I went from not, not just having siblings but being in a in a children's home with lots of children and lots of noise and I went into a home just with mum and dad it was very very quiet it was very silent at times you know um and that was that was a huge thing for me um and so so I would play imaginary friends and imaginary siblings and particularly imaginary brother um, but but more than one brother Um, and it's only now in adulthood that I can look back and think um, they weren't actually very nice to me these imaginary brothers like the play that I played out was arguing like really arguing Um, and um, and I think for me, arguing meant love. I think this is something that people often struggle with when they have adopted children, you know, is that they sometimes push for reactions and things because what it means to them is different. They've been in a, that's all they've received. And I think for us, obviously, like, six children in, a, in locked in a room at times there' been a lot of arguing
0: yeah
1: uh, and also just seeing the normal normal health interactions that happen in any sibling relationship. Siblings argue and they rile each other up and it's what they do you know it's it's um, you know so it may have been a more extreme I think within with what we experienced of that. But um, yeah, I can see that. I I thought that you know, so if I'd want you know, if I as a kid, you know, so, you know, if there's something you really wanted, what would you be? I'd have just had an older brother. I don't even think it would have necessarily had to be my older brother. I just wanted an older brother. Yeah, and I think that meant protection. Part of that protection definitely involved arguing. And that, that somehow, that arguing proved that he loved me.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, I don't know quite, I was getting something a bit deep here, but I think it's, you know, I think it, it can be very hard when children try and recreate what they knew. and and I, But I think they do that because if that's the only way you understand love, and I know as I say that there was domestic, very Bad domestic abuse um, within the birth home. Um, growing up, if that's if that's what you experience, and you, you also have quite a lot of aggressive behaviour towards yourself from from adults, that that might be, but that might be the only attention you, you do get. Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah. the rest of you might be being ignored. So that then is love, you know? Yeah. And you've, I, mean, I can see that now as an adult, but so that's one of the biggest things I think that's changed for me.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've you've sort of opened a window into your own experience, but it's really shone up, sh- kind mm. of shone light onto what an awful lot of people experience in terms of either being an adopted person or, or being an adoptive parent as well. And I'm conscious that you've shared so much stuff. It's been, I could listen to you all day because you just, you know, you've got this really calm sense of, and you're just really making sense of an an awful lot of things, but we're kind of at the end of our time together. um, And I feel like we've just scratched the surface, which is really frustrating. Um, So now you, you, as you look into the adoption landscape, what are your thoughts and perspectives?
1: I think it needs to change. I think it needs to change. I think, um, e- even having been through the things I went through as a child, I feel knowing a bit more about how how social services works. Um, I think. I think there needs to be more kindness towards parents. Um, and, and because that has a knock-on effect to their well-being and that has a knock-on effect to how they treat their children. Um, so I think, you know, their social workers have a very difficult job, um, you know, trying to make the decisions that they need to make um, and, and to keep children safe. Um, and it's an important job. And I think that, that you know, that there's such a priority, and there needs to be, the priority is the children. But I think that that's become such the focus that I used to be under the impression that, Social workers were there to help keep families together, you know, and also to, there to help families. And I think now I've seen too many times where things actually are twisted and things actually are um, not truthful or a, a particular point of views, trying trying to get across, you know, point of view and bring in evidence against parents that is not truthful. They're just rich, you know, because you know, I used to hear people say, "Oh, they twisted, they twisted the story, yeah. or the what happened there." And I thought oh, they wouldn't do that; they're professionals. But I've seen enough of it now to know that happens. And not just within my own story, but within other people's you know, stories of therapy. I've seen it with my own eyes, you know, and it heard it with my own ears, you know, and it's like I just think that I think social workers have an awful lot of power. I think they have too much power. Um and I think there needs to be more of a team involvement the teams are involved but the social worker has seems to have all the power and can get away with not doing minutes to meetings not sending things to the other professionals involved and I think they can act very insular even though there's all these thousands of meetings that happen you know and I've you know I've heard you know like you know remain on Facebook forums yeah but I hear things as well you know from birth parents who are in positions of doing everything the best that they can. And then they say, oh, things get twisted. And so I know from my own experience and working with clients that that does happen and it yeah. shocks me. That, so that, that, that's, I don't know how that's changed because I know that social workers are just trying to get their job done and they're very time constrained. And, you know, but I think there's a, there's not enough accountability for decisions made. And I think more effort needs to be made on, keeping families together when they can be. I think sometimes children are put for adoption. But possibly that's not the right thing mm. for them. You know, um and I would also say that fairy tale of adoption needs to stop. You know the beginning of the film Shrek.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That that if I could if I could animate that around adoption I would. You know, it's kind of like, it's not a fairy tale. There's a lot of, it's a dark fairy tale movie. And there can be positives. You know, I've had a positive experience being adopted. But it's not a fairy tale. And I think think that um, the whole thing of children going and being adopted, social services then totally disappearing has got to stop. And I think when things start to go wrong, there needs to be um there needs to be a pathway there's a pathway for if things go wrong in the birth family there's foster fostering and there's adoptions those pathways but when those things go wrong same adoption there's no pathway there either you know that yeah um, and I won't that's a whole another thing isn't it but I think um there's a lot that needs to change I'll just but, have to come on and talk some more another time, won't I? Well, yeah, I was <laughs> thinking way. way you need to end.
0: Um Karen, thank you so much for giving your time and being so can so open and generous with your own story, which is you know, you've you've articulated so well and just really given me loads of food for thought, really, in terms of children and children's experience. So thank you so much and and look after yourself.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Okay.